are here with Jordan Ball. Jordan, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing so good, bro. Thank you so much for having me uh, on your podcast. Yeah, we got a we got a this is also a video podcast here, Jordan, and we're going to we're going to talk about our hat game right now. Both of our hats. It's kind of it's kind of a thing. Uh yours is swaggy. I got it's October, bro. It's spooky season, you know what I mean? We got a the brand is called Feet, P-H-E-I-T. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. But it's uh, it's swaggy. It took me two years to get their hat, so uh, they are not sponsoring uh, this podcast, but we uh, love them. Love it. Love it. And my hat was free, by the way, so there's that. And, yep. and uh, it, was, yeah, it was just given to me. No websites. Well, it's pretty swaggy. I uh, I do appreciate uh, this. Isn't a fashion podcast here, but I do appreciate your fashion game, Jordan. You always look good. I appreciate it. I always so, try and uh, do something that's a little bit out of the box. Um, hmm. So here we are. Yeah, if you went on, I think I have. I don't even know how many podcasts. Probably like twenty. I'm probably wearing the exact same thing with a different hat because this is my go-to sweater. I wear it uh, basically not every day because that's gross. But yeah, you can never go wrong with a good black sweater, though. Well, like, it's my go-to. I got it from Target like two years ago, and I still rock it every day. It's all about the accessories, man. It's 2022. We're all about accessories. Like you got to have the watch. You got It's a thing, you know. But and, and enough about. I'm sorry. What were you gonna say? No, 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 no. I love. Now it. that I'm getting older too, the uh, the hat game is like way more important to me because I'm starting to notice my hairline yeah. is going slightly back. And then especially Bro. doing like young adult ministry now, um, I want to look young for the people, you know? Gotta, so yeah, you got to look swaggy. It's The swag meter is equivalent to the anointing that we've learned in the past couple of years. Um, just kidding. So Jordan, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your journey. Uh, again, for anyone listening to this, if you've already left us, we understand. We're, we're going to have fun. But uh, this, is, this is a conversation. This is as if Jordan and I literally were at coffee uh, in having a conversation about life, about rhythms, about what we're currently going through. Um, yeah. So Jordan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, like I said, man, I, I really appreciate, appreciate you being, uh, being here with me and let me, uh, talk on your, on your thing. Uh, I love you as a person, you know, we get to do this, uh, not too often, but I'm always uh, privileged when we do. Um, but yeah. my name is Jordan. Uh, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we don't win anything, hence the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just continue to pray for that city. Uh, but I grew up there, didn't grow up in church, just kind of grew up uh, playing sports my whole life, uh, baseball, basketball, football. Um, baseball was kind of like my major one that I played. Um, uh, did pretty well with it, probably could have done a little bit more, was kind of the uh, wild child. Um, but I ended up getting saved kind of later in life after baseball. And uh, pretty much as soon as I got saved to like six months later, I was like helping lead a youth ministry, which I don't recommend for everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I, God just like, he completely changed me, man. And I was just like, this, this is what I want to do. This is what I feel like I'm called to do. Um, so I started helping with the youth and kind of took, uh, took the key to that and did that for about a year. And then I went to Bible college in Sydney, Australia, uh, which was super awesome. Uh, yeah. You can never, uh, it, it's so funny. Every now, everybody's like, they want to do church in Hawaii. Cause it's like, why would you not want to be in Hawaii? Right. Uh, Sydney, Australia, same thing, uh, except for the spiders. The only time I was ever questioning my call in Australia was when I saw a spider the size of my hand on my wall. And I was like, Lord, I don't know if this is where I'm supposed to be. So uh, went to Bible college out there, 
got done with that and then um, transferred over to uh, Atlanta where my wife and I currently live. Uh, my wife of uh, a little over a year. Uh, she's Brazilian. She's awesome. Um, if you don't believe in God, if you see her, you'll be like, there's a God for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. She's that amazing. Um, but uh, been over here at Free Chapel Midtown under uh, Pastor Jensen, uh, Pastor Robert Stella, and Pastor Aaron Marshall, and been leading the young adults here, man. So that's just a, a little bit about me. So, yeah. I love it. One, we'll talk a little bit about young adult ministry because I I think our probably our majority of our audience is young adults, uh, and I love hearing from young adult pastors um, just some things that you probably are sitting over coffee or on the phone with young adults. Um but dude, what a journey, right? And I, I got saved um, not right out of the gate like a lot of some of our friends have. Um, yeah. Similar journey to you, man. Just um, found God in a youth group and just got plugged in. There was no like pipeline when I was 16. It was just more like, okay, like I don't even know what that is. I don't know how to be in ministry, but I think I want to. Um, yeah. So uh, what I love asking right off the gate with everybody is their like maybe their weekly routine or their daily routine. Uh, I believe that what we do daily is who we become permanently. And if anyone looks at Jordan and your fruit, there's obviously something attached to that, um, which is what you do daily and your maybe your weekly rhythm. So tell me a little bit about uh, your rhythms. Yeah, so it just recently really changed. So I used to travel like every other week. So I was always traveling. Um, wow. So I was helping uh, with young adults here at Free Chapel, but then I was also working for my dad who lives in mm -hmm. Ohio. So living in Atlanta, living in Ohio. So every other week I would travel basically either by car or by Frontier flight. Uh, wow. I'm not gonna say anything bad about Frontier, but there are a couple of <laughs> times I was like a little bit nervous about my life. Um, <laughs> yep. I, hope they don't, I hope they don't listen to this podcast, I'm playing. I, I hope they do. Um, but it was, uh, I was traveling about every other week. So my schedule was kind of inconsistent. Um, and it was only recent to where um, it kind of changed to uh, this past week, which is a little bit awesome. Um, but it was funny this week. It's funny you asked that because uh, this week my rhythm really changed to where I was like going to the gym in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. And then I was going to the office and I was having like prayer time in my car. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is actually go to the gym. And before I go into the gym, um, like meditate on the word and meditate on yeah. the Bible. And I'll actually like sit there and type on my phone, kind of like Drake does with his uh, rap. But I'll yeah. sit there and type like sermons on my phone before I go into the gym. And it's just a really good restful state. And I know a lot of people don't like going to the gym. And I know you look at me and you see a perfect physique. You know, I'm 100%. kidding. It's been a while since I've been in the gym. So <laughs> I, getting back in there. Jacked, bro. I'm getting there. Um, but uh, I'll sit there and I'll kind of meditate and rest. And then the uh, the gym's kind of like very much like, a, it's like almost like a holy ground for me. Like I actually mm -hmm. get like uh, really refreshed from it. So I'll go to the gym. And then I'll go to the office and kind of be there uh, for a while and uh, either write a sermon, plan out our next YA. This past week, I kind of, uh, I preached at our youth, so I was getting ready for that um, as well. But that's kind of my rhythm right now. But I am learning um, because my schedule changed, uh, mm -hmm. the difference between um, calling and capability. Mm -hmm. I felt like kind of before, since I had the other job and was kind of doing like two different things, um, I, I kind of was just doing things just because I just wanted to say yes to them. I didn't know how to say no. And yeah. uh, this past week, I think God kind of like hit my heart a little bit where he's like, uh, I want you to really focus on what you're called to, not just what mm -hmm. you're capable of. And uh, I think I'm really trying to learn that right now and learn to say no and learn to say yes to the right things. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of my rhythm. Yeah, I mean, going right into that, what if you're a 22 year old listening to this, um, how, how do we help people 
find what to say yes to and what to say no to. And I, you're right in the middle of processing that. So again, I'm not looking for the perfect answer. I'm just looking for Jordan's answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I would say to be really honest with you, like 22, if you're a young adult, or even if you're a little bit older, mm -hmm. um, you have a ton of decisions to make in a day. And I don't think we really comprehend how many decisions we make from like the time we get up at what time are we going to get up? Are we going to hit right. snooze? And a lot of times I'll hit the snooze button because I'm not like coherent at all quite yet. And I yeah. love to keep sleeping. Um, but like right from the moment, like there's things getting thrown at you and there's decisions that you have to make. And uh, I I've kind of like learned this past uh, week and I'm, I'm hopefully going to keep doing really well at it. Um, but I've learned to say just like, here's my yes. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is either a no or a maybe. So um, one of the things I'm, I always constantly think through is like, okay, I said yes to my wife. I've mm -hmm. said yes to my church. I've said yes to myself, which actually I think a lot of times, and this is what I feel like God's kind of refined me with is uh, I don't think we sometimes take care of ourselves. I think right. we do like self care, which is like time alone, but then like watching Netflix. And right. it's not really care. It's more of just like getting away from the space and area you're at. And uh, I'm kind of learning, like, really, when I get refreshed, when my soul feels good, I'm kind of learning, like, really self-care and, like, love myself a little bit more. Hence yeah. why I'm starting to go to the gym again. Hence why I'm doing certain things that, like, really refresh me as a person. Um, but I've started to figure out what is, what is my actual yes? What is actually the direction I feel like God's uh, taking me to? And if you're ever trying to figure out what you actually are called to, first off, you're in school, finish school, do as best <laughs> right. you can. Um, my first go around college, I did not finish. Um, but it was definitely not what I was called to do. Um, yep. Bible college, I finished. So praise God for that. Um, but a, a great story is like a young Samuel. Samuel gets called. If you don't know the story, it's, he's this young prophet. And from a young age, he starts getting called by God. And he's sleeping one night. And he hears his, uh, hears his name, Samuel. And he runs into like his pastor's room. He's like, you called me. And uh, he's like, I didn't, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And that mm -hmm. happens like three times. And uh, every time Eli's like, bro, I did not call you. Go back to bed. Could you right. imagine getting woken up three times during the middle of the night by some kid? Like, I'd be like, bro, I'd lock my door. I'd be like, get out of my room. He's not welcome back in here. Um, but what's amazing is he goes in again, and Eli realized that God's calling him. And so he goes back down, and he goes back to sleep, and then God goes, Samuel, Samuel. And he wakes up, and he says, your, your servant's here, Lord. And I love that story because we always talk about, like, trying to figure out what you're called to do, what you're called to do. Right. But in reality, what it is, is actually a calling. Mm -hmm. So it's a continuation. So it's a constantly trying to figure it out, going through things. And I love the graciousness of God, how many times he actually lets Samuel run to the wrong person to figure out what he's called to. And, uh, and then finally, once that old pastor comes along and says, bro, God's calling you. He finally realizes like, oh, wait, it's not called, it's calling. So God's going to mm -hmm. keep calling you and keep hitting your soul. Um, but yeah, bro. So I would say, uh, I know I give long answers, so I'm so sorry. No, it's a 30 so minute conversation. So like, this is going to be the one, um, but with that being said, like you have your yeses, you have your things that you've like talked about. Um, so let those just be your decisions mm -hmm. and then everything else. It's like super easy to like kind of shrug off because yeah. these are your yeses. These are the things that you're called to. This is the stuff that's where you're moving forward with. Um, and an easy example is, uh, put your clothes out in the morning before you wake up so yep. that way when you wake up you don't have an extra decision to make i always tell a lot of young adults i'm like bro it's really hard to make a lot of decisions right and they always go it's so hard man like there's so many decisions to make i don't i don't know necessarily what to say or what to say yes to i'm like dude that's super dope but here's all you gotta do say yes to three things and then just let that be right it's really easy to make three decisions 
it's yeah. really hard to make a decision on the fly. So 100%. just have those three decisions and go back to those three decisions. So that's a really long answer. I'm sorry. No, it's time. so good. So good. I, yeah, I would say like what you're talking about is predetermined decision. Like I'm making yeah. a predetermined, like for us as husbands, like sometimes we have to make a predetermined decision to love my wife in a specific moment or it, because it's happened day after day after day. And it's actually a subconscious habit in her brain to like, I'm actually doing this not even when I want to, to the gym. Yeah. It starts out, you don't want to go to the gym, but you go. And the second day you go, and eventually there's a habit in place. Now yeah. the alarm hits and you're like, I'm going to the gym because I know yeah. my day will be completely off. So I love that. And even the point of like, let your yes be yes and your no be no. The worst place to be is in the gray area where you're mm -hmm. constantly having, and you're, and again, there's so much like psychology attached to this of like, we're just trying to please people, so we say yes, and yeah. and everybody does it. I don't care who you are. John Maxwell still does it. You know, like all the all the people that we idolize in leadership, people still struggle with trying to please the person in front of us. Um, which also ourselves, we try to please ourselves way too much. But uh, we don't got time to go into psychology podcast uh, one hundred and one. You know, but there are a couple things that I'm processing that I think you could help me with, Jordan. So. Um, or you can't, and we can just chat about it, you know, because why not? More but, than likely, yeah. Um, the the one thing that I think I have tried to figure out, anyways, is in the Christian space. I think that there's something about knowing people who other people know, and mm -hmm. I want to dive into that a little bit because I think nobody's talking about it. And to be honest, it kind of creeps me out. Like. Yeah. I, I know, Hey, I know that guy. Um, yeah. and it's almost like this. I don't even know what it is. I haven't found literally I've tried to do research. I've read theses from like colleges and psychology. Um, and so let's talk about it. Let's talk about this kind of thing that we all, I think, struggle with in moments. We just want to be attached to per a person of influence and it's so much bigger than pastors, right? It's any type of space. Yeah. The psycho psych psychological term is parasocial relationship. Um, I I've been researching too much about it, but talk to me. Like, a little you bit want about me to that. answer this? You just throwing <laughs> that out there? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're gonna rock it. No. Yeah. Just talk to me a little bit about that. Like, what do you think that is? Like, uh, a young adult pastor, let's say in Arizona, every day their goal should be. We all know what the should be's are, but there might be uh, an unhealthy thing in them that wants to be close to something or someone of influence because they think that is going to pull them closer to their calling. So super yeah. open-ended thing. I think you get what I'm saying, but talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I, th I think I'll say like, uh, I think connection makes a difference. Mm -hmm. It really does. Um, but genuine connection makes a bigger difference. And uh, I think a lot of like either young pastors or young adults are like just everybody kind of in culture. Like you said, they want to be attached to something significant nowadays. Mm -hmm. But sometimes what we do is we find a person who is yep. doing something significant or like, I want to be around that person. I want to follow them. I want to figure them out. And sometimes it's kind of almost like leeching onto another person. And then right. honestly too, like, I don't know what it is, but sometimes it gets in people's head where they think that uh, they're actually the one that's making the significant difference just by being a part of it. Um, mm -hmm. But I'll, I'll say this, man, I think, 
every person right now is using the word goat. Like this person's a goat. I use the word goat all the time. Me and my yeah. boys text goats each other, right? I, I serve under Pastor Jensen Franklin. Pastor Jensen is the goat He's of the preaching goat. without a doubt, man. Yeah. Uh, and he has the greatest hair ever. Like there's not <laughs> another pastor out there other than Bishop Jakes that I, re I really like respect where I'm watching their life and they've been doing this for a long time, but not just doing a long time. They consistently get better. Yeah. And like, I respect them, but I'll say this, that everybody wants to be a goat nowadays and everybody wants to be around goats. But if you look at like Martin Luther King Jr.'s life um, mm -hmm. and the life that he lived, he lived a life of service. He wasn't right. trying to be a goat. He wasn't necessarily trying to attach himself to people. He was just trying to serve and to help people. And I'd yeah. say to all those people that are struggling with that, the issue that you're, you're finding might be a deeper thing where it goes back to maybe your past or it might be just a thing where uh, you're trying to be a goat or you're trying to be someone of significance. Uh, Jesus says like, uh, what is it? Like yeah, the least of these. He talks about yeah. like all these, always the least of these. And so like, I've actually found that like, the times I've actually gotten opportunities to be around people was not in moments where I was trying to shine. It was yeah. times when I was being of service. So right. I think sometimes like trying to be the greatest kind of needs to go out the window and you just need to have your life be a service and serve people. Mm -hmm. uh, and one thing my wife and I especially do is like when we like are at young adult events or we're somewhere, uh, we always try and like look for like either the lonely person or the person that doesn't necessarily fit in. Uh, yeah. And we were at our, our youth ministry the other day and, uh, our youth in Midtown is it's unreal. I broke down and cried because I used to be a youth pastor and seeing like these like, uh, 12 to like 15, I don't, I don't know what their age is there. I look, I was like, why am I in this room? That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Or a hat and cried like the whole time. And I <laughs> yeah. kept going like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be crying right now. Uh, it ended up working out well. It touched the kids, which was awesome. But I was crying because they were listening to a song called Reckless Love. And, you know, I've heard that song a hundred times, like the hundred right. thousand right yep. and it doesn't hit me the same but watching these kids when they're like yo we're gonna sing reckless love these kids mm -hmm. like start getting excited and i'm like man and then just watching them worship and i'm just like it hit my heart so much man and uh like i said i give long answers so i'm so, so sorry but no, i'm trying not to cry on the podcast but <laughs> i had a friend who passed away when i was in high school and we were really good friends growing up and uh, he died in a car accident um, um and his name was ryan and uh, I remember when I got saved, like what God called me to was to preach to the Ryans. And, and my boy, he was, uh, he went out and partied one night and made a, made a dumb decision and hit a light post and, and passed away. And so one of the things that God told me when I got saved was preach to the Ryans, go after the people and give them a chance. Cause I didn't have a chance cause I wasn't saved yet to tell my friend that you don't need to do that. Um, so I preached to the Ryans and um, I look back on that now, what God was calling me to was a service and to call people from a low place. I wasn't worried about a platform. I wasn't worried about um, trying to be somebody. I wasn't worried about getting attached to somebody. So I think at the root of it, it's really in reality that people don't necessarily want to serve, but they want to be served. So, yeah. yeah. That's great. And thanks for sharing the, to the end of that story. That's super powerful, man. And I think that's, um, and again, I'm asking that because I don't have the answers. I'm currently processing this. And I think uh, you, me too. That's why I winged it right there. <laughs> no, I love it. That's that's the whole point of this podcast is literally winging it, aka me every time. Um, but again, I a hundred percent agree. And I think what we do because of social media, and again, this is just kind of my analysis of it. And even being in the marketing space, like I do marketing outside of church stuff, um, I think we try to strategize relationships. And mm. it just doesn't work like that. AKA if you've been a pastor for one hour and you're trying to move somebody from A to B, you're not yeah. doing nothing. 
like again like you said like jesus literally said you want to be the you want to be the goat serve whoever serves the most and whoever serves those people by the way the people that nobody looks at people who don't follow on social media um so it just it opens our eyes right as people of influence because everybody has influence obviously but to think about um, and I want to make a quick shout out, Jordan, to a, a mutual friend of ours that I saw this and I will publicly aff uh, affirm this, but he's not on the podcast, but uh, we'll clip it, you know, make it a thing. But Keenan Clark and Beth Clark. So we're at a um, conference together, like a leadership thing. And I literally watched them, the, a kid, it was like a youth thing, a kid by himself they walked over. They left a group. There's probably a hundred people. Some of these people, non-believers know because they have such a large influence that they could have went and chatted with. Keenan and Beth literally went and sat with the one kid by himself and just had a conversation and just like smiled with him. And it was like a, we were praying for one another and they prayed with him, um, let the boy pray over Keenan. And in that moment, it went from uh, we've talked a couple times and we're friends to be like, oh, these guys are the real deal. And mm -hmm. learning from that moment and from even you sharing about Ryan, like preaching to the Ryans, like um, that's our that's our goal. Like that's why we're in ministry, right? It's like we're not in ministry for a 20-second preaching clip. We are in ministry because there's people who need to be served. Um, so thanks for sharing, Jordan. And in the last 10 minutes, bro, just – Talk to me, I, I really think, and we've talked about this on FaceTime this last time, but just about preaching. I think that you are a really, really great communicator and you're a gifted communicator. And I use the word communication because our audience is more than preachers, but you are a preacher. Um, give me like two practical communication tips right now. And my bad, I keep hitting my table and it's shaking my laptop. You're not no. an earthquake, so. It's me. It's me. I always hit my I always hit my rings on the table, and it's so loud. But man, weird things. Uh, two <laughs> practical things when it comes to communication. Um, mm -hmm. Number one, I would always say um, to write things down. To be honest mm -hmm. with you, so any thought that you start to develop, whenever whatever it is you're communicating, whether it's a presentation, uh, whether it's a sermon, whatever it is, I would handwrite it. I wouldn't necessarily type it on your phone. I know I talked about typing on my phone first, um, but even psychologists say that actually processing things um, and actually making better decisions actually comes from handwriting. Because what happens in your brain is you actually start to memorize because you're literally scripting and drawing out what you want to say. And so I would say, first off, you, you need to write things down and you're going to write down a ton of stuff that when you think of it in your head, you're like, this is about to be the greatest thing I've right. ever said. I'm communicate and you're going to have a dream of it. And then you're going to write it down and you're going to be like, wow, that's really bad, but that's okay. Yeah. Go, yeah. go through the bad, get the junk out of it. I remember I had a pastor friend, it might've been actually Keenan, him and I were talking and uh, we usually, we talked about how we throw away about 99% of our stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's probably like, so I've been, since I've been saved, I've been saved for like eight years now. Um, I've written a sermon almost every week for eight years, right? Wow. I haven't preached most of those, yeah. right? Thank God I haven't preached most of those. <laughs> right. uh, but it was the process of like writing and getting used mm -hmm. to it. And actually, when you start writing, you actually start to think about and you'll actually find out as well, like how you process, how you like communicate mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Because a lot of times what will happen when you first get into it, you'll just emulate 
the hottest and greatest person with a microphone and you'll just copy their mannerisms and, right. and change your tone and do things like this and stuff like that. But when you handwrite it, in my opinion, you'll actually start to feel what's coming out of mm -hmm. you on the inside. And so I'd write it down. And then second off, I would practice. I would practice with your voice. Um, one thing I used to do back in the day is I always carry a pencil with me or a pen. Everybody always says I always have a pen or a pencil in my hand. Uh, yeah. Pen's probably the writing. But I used to go, uh, and I still do this nowadays. Um, but behind the scenes, I'm not, I don't have a microphone in my house. I don't have a stage in my bedroom or anything like that, um, which sounds very weird that I said that, you know? So we're going to scratch hey. that from the tape. No, um, we're not. But, I love it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, have a, I have a pencil or a pen, and I'll, like, go around the house, and I will actually mm -hmm. practice my sermons or my presentation vocally to hear what it says, to figure out like what pace or what tone I'm, I'm using. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it also it helps me just to like, just get it in my heart. Cause a lot of times communication is uh, it's not necessarily what's within you. It's what somebody else said. The yeah. goal of communication, the goal of preaching is of course to reach people and to love people and make people feel better and to help them out. But at the same time, like if that message is not in you and coming through you, then it's not going to come out the right way. So I would say, bro, you need to practice vocally with it. So those are my two uh, practical tips oh, for you. So great. hundred percent. Yeah. Communication is about reps, but quality reps. I think mm -hmm. that that statement has been so overdone with like, you just got to get reps in bro. It's like, yeah, if I go to the gym and don't work out the right way every day, I'm not going to get stronger, you know? And I would also say um, having somebody to give you feedback in my, in my experience, and not anybody, but the somebody, and somebody who you value their communication skills or even just value their opinion um, yeah. is super imperative. And I, yeah, I would concur. The last couple questions here, I wanted to hit young adults, young adult ministry in general. Um, two questions here, and you can just kind of run with it. What do you think is the value of having a young adult ministry? Because I've heard both sides of the argument that Oh, we don't need a young adult ministry, whatever. And also, um, just speak to the young adult listening to this. Like, what is something that you would speak to them if you had one message to speak to them? Yeah, uh, I would say to churches out there that necessarily don't want a young adult ministry or don't see the value of it. Uh, I would say most churches that are really, I'm not going to say the significant because every single church is doing something significant. Right. But I'm saying as far as like uh, being able to reach your city and grow and mm -hmm. do certain things. Uh, young adults usually have the most free time and they also want to get behind a mission really bad. Yeah. And so like, if you're not having the people who are most mission focused and have the most time, you're actually going to miss out on a lot of serving opportunities to your community. Uh, so all of those pastors out there that don't want to have a young adult community, I would say um, at our church, at our at free chapel, I mean, we even have a college. So if you look at who does most of serving and most different things, it's our college students and their young adult age. And then if you look at our young adult ministry, most of the people that are serving on Sunday are around like an 18 to like 35 range. That's kind of our young adult age. Um, so I'm still in it. Praise God. Um, but in my opinion, actually, if you don't utilize your young adults, you're going to miss out on uh, people actually being able to communicate even with your youth. If you're going to be very youth focused, like that's great. But when you have somebody that's just a step ahead that is following God and they're, yeah. they're able to have conversations with that youth student that may that necessarily may be an older person or a parent may not be able to have, uh, that person is actually going to be one of your greatest assets. So I would say have a young adult ministry. 
it might not be 200 people. It might be five people because you might be in the backwoods of who knows where, right? Yeah. Um, but utilize those five people to be on mission. Um, and who knows, they could be the next pastors of your church. They could be, mm-hmm. the, and honestly, too, as well, like they are like such an essential part. So um, yeah, but to a young adult, um, yes, that second question again. Sorry, I have a very- Yeah, just speak to the young adult. Give them one piece of advice or a recommendation um, that you maybe have seen in the young adults that you pastor and lead. Uh, yeah, just one piece of advice or recommendation. I would say to the ones who are Christian, um, I'll say this and then I'll say one to the people who don't believe in Jesus. Um, to the Christian, I would say um, a lot of times what happens is your life gets so busy. Um, and what happens is uh, God is actually trying to refine your priorities, actually, a lot of times. And sometimes we just use the word busy. But in reality, what God's trying to help you do is make really good decisions and prioritize your life. Uh, when I got married, and I know you know, there's things in my life that had to go yep. go away quick, right? And then I put on the freshman 15 of marriage, right? And I put <laughs> yep. on some However, like my wife and I have started to establish something where like we had to communicate, we had to get to know each other. So now we've kind of found a little bit of a different rhythm. Um, but there were certain things that I like, I just, I couldn't do because I was married, right? And so God had to refine my process with that. Um, but what happens a lot of times is like you're in school and you have a lot of things kind of going on and you're trying to work, you're trying to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And what happens is uh, you actually stop showing up to a local church. So, and you stop usually praying to God and you stop seeking community, but not just community, but like genuine, like authentic, Hey bro, how's your prayer life? How are you doing? Can I pray with you? Can you, uh, do you need anything? Like you actually genuinely miss out on those people. And I've seen it happen with young adults, like way too much, man. Um, so I would say that to all those people who are like Christians, don't let the church, um, fade away in your life. The church is actually a really good place for you to be grounded. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for the church. Like, I love Jesus. I love the church. And I think sometimes, like, uh, we do have to get back to a place where, like, we're not throwing the church in the back. And uh, mm-hmm. that's our last priority. I think serving the house is something that's imputive and it's, it's really important. And the Bible makes it clear on that. Um, but to the non-Christian, uh, I would say to the person uh, who's listening, who doesn't believe in Jesus, doesn't know Jesus, um, I would just say that he wants to know you. And I think mm-hmm. uh, you're probably out there trying to do a hundred different things. You're probably trying to uh, figure out another religion, another philosophy or something like that. And there's probably something inside of you that's actually like calling you don't even realize it. And I brought up the story of Samuel and Samuel had no idea who was calling him. He had no idea. He thought it was potentially like another religion. He thought it was a philosophy. He thought it was just his leader. You could have thought maybe like the person was calling you was just your parent. It could be a job. It could be drugs. It could be just something like that. You don't know what's calling you. But I guarantee there's something deep down with inside of you where you know that you know that you know that there's something missing. Mm-hmm. And I would say to you, to that person listening, that that person and that thing that's calling you on the inside is Jesus. And all you have to do is do exactly what Samuel said. Lord, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Lord, I'm listening. So, so yeah. good. Well, our last question so let's give Bengals record, okay? And also, who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Who's winning? Bengals record at the end of the year? Yep. I was, first off, pray for Joe Burrow. Like, my man Burrow. has taken more hits in two years, three years, actually, than I've Dude, ever you seen. You guys have such good potential. It is disgusting. So it just Dude, matters in the leadership of the coaches. But record. I know that O line. Um, Bengals record in the year, 17 game season. Uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to go nine and eight. 
I don't think okay. they're going to the Super Bowl. I, I, they might make the playoffs. It's going to be hard because the Ravens. Um, but then the NFL is so tricky because Lamar plays like half the year and they go undefeated and then they go like 500. <laughs> right. I don't know with the NFL, man. Um, but I'm going to go nine and eight Bengals. Okay. Uh, in the Super Bowl this year, oh, man, it's a great question. Um, I'm not going to go Bills because I'm a Rams fan and Josh Allen really made me mad week one. So I'm against him. Yep. Uh, I'm praying for him, but I'm against him. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, Chiefs, AFC, hmm. um, NFC. I'm going to go Rams just because I'm a Rams fan. You know, we're yeah. going to get it together. Um, Odell's coming back. They're so oh, good. God. It's disgusting. He's coming back. Yeah. I, I would concur. I think that who's winning? Oh, Rams. 100%. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I appreciate Best that. Effort. Yeah. I'm like two and a half hours away from Kansas City. Not a Chiefs fan. Can't pretend to even like them. I like their like going to the games because like, it's the loudest stadium in the world or whatever. That's what every stadium says. But uh, is it because there's like nothing around it in Kansas City? Is that why? Because like a yeah. large echo? The only thing that's next to it is Kauffman Stadium, the Kansas City Royals. They're literally next to each other, and then there's nothing. The hotel that I stay at every time. That's about it. Good call. I got nothing. Well, thanks for being on, Jordan. Seriously, man, I, I, I appreciate your time. Um, obviously, I appreciate your friendship, your wisdom. Uh, what's great is this isn't our last conversation, obviously. Um, and, yeah, man, I just appreciate you a ton. I love you so much, man. Just thank you for your time and let me be on here and be a voice to people. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Keep building. Um, don't ever slow down, man. It's, uh, it's something special to watch somebody who, like I, I tell you all the time, like you're a great builder. Uh, I think Jesus talks about building a lot, man. But you do it not through like getting. You get it through giving. So just mm. keep it up, bro. I, love I appreciate you. it. I do love Legos. Just kidding. I don't have any kids. I can't. I can't start the dad jokes. Just kidding. Love you, bro. And anyone listening to this, thank you so much for listening to Jordan and I ramble for 33 minutes. Um, we appreciate you. We're not going to ask anything of you. We just appreciate your time. And hopefully you had a journal out and were taking notes from Jordan.